When we come to Jesus, we instantly become one of the family and are given an inheritance as a child of God. You're listening to Heirs in Glory from our series, God is For Us, where we are learning that God is for those He loves. And now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Travis Davenport. Let's jump into Romans chapter 8. We're going to be in verse 12. You're going to pick up with me in verse 13, verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Verse 13 says this. For if you live according to the flesh, you will, let me hear you say that word, what? Die. Die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will Live. live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's good, right? Amen. We're sons of God. We're daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. I'm just going to keep reading that till you get it. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Abba, meaning Father, loved one, loved Father. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You you catching the theme here. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That's a good passage, isn't it? It's a great passage. For some of us, we've walked in here this morning with identity issues. We've walked in here with with self-worth issues. I don't know what it is, but this morning, what scripture is telling us, what Romans says, what, what Paul says, what the Holy Spirit is saying through Paul in his scripture is that if you know Jesus Christ, your identity is made new. You are not only loved by God, but you're a child of God. And if a child of God, an heir of God. We're adopted. We are loved. We're going to talk today about how that shapes our identity, our self-worth, and a little bit more that Paul has to say a little bit further in this passage. But before we do that, would you just pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to spend time in your word, openly speaking about you, uh, just, just proclaiming your promises and, and uh, worshiping and singing to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all said... We all said? Okay, I felt like this morning that there were going to be people that came to our church, especially today, who are wrestling with identity, wrestling with self-worth, wrestling with their position in life. And and this kind of hides itself because you could be a very successful person, but really, really wrestle with your identity and your self-worth. In fact, sometimes... We never, um, sometimes people who are the most successful wrestle the most with their self-worth because we've done everything we can do to get self-worth through being successful in, in whatever avenue only to find out that nothing truly satisfies, right? So we're gonna jump into it. Just hang tight. We'll see where this goes. Um, I, I read a story a little while ago of, of, this, of this college kid in Germany. His name was Sergei Sudev. And uh, he was putting himself through college, and maybe some of you can relate to this. He was living on about 240 bucks a month. Can I get an amen? Anybody on that going through college? You're like, yeah, he's rich. Um, he got a knock on the door, and it was a man in a suit. He invited him in, said, here, I'm here to talk to you about your uncle. And Sergey was like, oh, I don't really, 
oh yeah, I don't really know my uncle. And he's like, well, I represent your uncle. Um, and he's like, well, I think I've met him like twice in my life. And the last time I saw him was at a family reunion when I was like seven or eight. And, and this, this man who was the lawyer said, yes, uh, but your uncle just passed away and I'm representing him and his estate and he had no living heirs. And so you, he, told, he said and has written out that, that you made such an impression on him when you were seven that he has left the, his entire inheritance to you. And Sergei was like, wow, okay, that's really great. And so the man opens up the briefcase and he pulls out the paperwork and everything which had all the signatures on it and he hands it over to Sergei to sign to, you know, he's signing to accept the inheritance which was a total of $975 million. And so in one day, Sergey went from a broke college kid with nothing in a bank account to a, nearly a billionaire. Now, I don't know what happened to Sergey. I don't know what he did, uh, but here's, here's a couple things we can take away from that. Number one, always be nice to your uncles. <laughs> At, 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 a, at a situation, you know, at, at a family reunion. And here, here's why I say that, because uncles are weird. I mean, can I be honest? Like, we all have that one really creepy uncle. Amen? Do we have that? Some of you aren't saying it because he's sitting next to you. He came with you today, and he's totally ruined your chance to pick up a girl because he's so strange. I get that. Love him anyway. He may be a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing we can learn. The other thing is this. The other thing is this. A good inheritance can change your life. A good inheritance can change your future. How many of you know that as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not only his children, but we're his heirs. We're not only his heirs, but we have an inheritance. And I really wanna explain this inheritance. I really wanna talk about this position. And here's something I want you to write down. I really want you to get this, okay? And I'm gonna take some time to explain it and kind of work it in this morning. Your position determines your provision. Your position determines your provision. And what I want you to know is that you are positioned as a follower of Jesus, as a son or daughter of the king. That is your position, which means that you are an heir. And let me ask you, how many of you who are fathers or mothers, because your children are your children, provide for them differently than people who aren't your children? In other words, their position ensures your provision. Because they are your children, you provide for them differently. Are you with me? Are you with me? You provide for them differently. You're going to help them out with a car. You're going to help them out with finances. You're going to teach them how to budget. You're going you're to be there when the chips are down. You're going you're to help them, help them learn. But you're going to support them. And what I want you to know is that your positioning in Jesus Christ has made you an heir to the throne of God. That's an amazing thing. And that should change the way that you function. Position and inheritance. My position, my inheritance. My position, my inheritance. Would you just say that with me? My position and my inheritance. My position, come on, my inheritance. A little louder. My position. See, some of us, we have to start getting an attitude about our position. We have, to, we have to actually like walk a little bit differently. We're going to get into that in a little minute, in a minute here. But I want to read you this passage right here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 says this. In him, 
We have redemption through Jesus' blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Verse 8, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Listen, listen now. Things in heaven and things in earth. Verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Let me tell you something this morning. God saves us from our sin. God saves us from ourself. He, restore things all, he restores all things back to himself. But God doesn't stop there. God adopts you as his child. And God gives you an inheritance. Now think about the amazing uh, nature of this. God doesn't just save you from our sins, but he also wants to make you his son. Galatians 4 says it like this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Can I just pause right here real quick right here? Some of us came in today not believing that we were worth much of anything. And listen, don't, don't play like you're all good. Don't, don't do that. Because some of you, when you look in the mirror, you hate what you see. And I'm not just talking physically. See, I got your attention now. I'm not just talking physically. For some of you, it is physically. You look at yourself and you're like, who wants that? Who wants to care about that? No wonder you're single. Look at you. Right? For others of you, it's, it's intellectually. You look and you say, you are. You're dumb. You're stupid. For other, uh, others of us, when you look at yourself, you see brokenness. You see somebody that your dad didn't want. For some of us, we look and you say, that's somebody that, you know, my wife left. Look, look. Like we... We pull our identity from situations and other people. What this verse is telling us and, and what Paul is telling us in Romans 8 is that, no, 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 you pu don't pull your identity from other people or other situations. You pull our, your identity from God and the position God has put you in, which is an adopted son or a daughter, which is an heir to the throne of God. And this is why I said you got to start getting an attitude because don't you dare let the world inform you of your identity. Stop trying to pull who you are from brokenness. This world is broken. It will never satisfy you. And you can become a slave to it or you can live in the freedom that was paid by Jesus Christ to save you and set you free. Too often we're set free and we run back to be beaten by our old slave owner. Sin. And what scripture wants you to know today is that your value is not found in what you do. Your value is found in what Jesus did. Think about it. God sent Jesus to die for you. I had a conversation with my son the other day, Noah. He's 10 now. Uh, <clears throat> and as he was turning 10, he said to me, this was just recently, he said, Dad, I, now that I'm getting older, I've, uh, my questions are getting better. That's what he said, something along those lines. I said, oh, okay. 
He said, you know, I'm 10 now, so I'm getting, I'm getting to be a man. I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, I've got a question. How old is God? That was his question. I was like, that is a good question, son. How old is God? I mean, is he, I mean, I know you're old. You're 35. And I said, yeah, I, yeah, thanks. He said, I mean, is God that old or is he, you know, it's like, thank you very much. You're not getting anything for your birthday next year, you know? No, he said, how old is God? And I said, well, that's a great question, son. God was never born. And he looked at me with a puzzled look and he said, he's never born. No. I said, God has always been. Okay, God has always been. He's like, I can't really think about that. And I was like, yeah, welcome to the club. Welcome to what it means to understand how old God is. And I said, not only has God always been, but God will always be. In fact, God is the one who created time. Therefore, he is outside of time. And so when you look at the space-time continuum, it's really that God is out in, no, he's like, I don't even just forget it, right? And as a dad, I'm always trying to look at ways that I can slip the gospel into conversations with my son. And, 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 and the gospel deals with our identity. It cuts right to the heart of our identity. And so I said to him, but you want to know something really cool? He said, yeah. I said, you know, there was a time when the earth didn't even exist, where it was just God by himself, in himself. And he was like, yeah, wow. And I said, do you know what's amazing about that? He said, what? I said, do you know that scripture tells us in the book of Ephesians, and I opened up to Ephesians, and I said, do you know that the Bible tells us right here that even before the earth was here, even before God created a light, before the first star was created, that, that Noah, that God knew you and that God had called you to be his son. He said, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah. I said, God loved you before anything even existed. And what I want some of you to know this morning is that same thing, that God loved you before anything was even created. And God's love, once again, is not based on what you do or what you've done. His love for you is based on what Jesus did. God loves you. And it's the most simple and basic message of the gospel. But it is also one of the most important messages that you will ever hear. And I would also say this, it is a message, God loves you, is a message that you will wrestle to believe the rest of your life. Because too often we try to pull our identity from what we do or what we've done or who they are or what they've said or how she loves me or how he treats me or how much money or how much success. And what I'm saying is all those things perish. Scripture has called us to a position that is greater than this current reality. Scripture has called us to an inheritance that is greater than our present world. In fact, I would skip down and say this. Peter tells us this. Listen to this verse found in 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed, starting verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen now. Listen, listen. Here it is. Listen. Verse 4. To an inheritance. Say inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Peter tells us three things. Listen, he says four things. He says, it is, we're getting into heaven. It is imperishable. It's undefiled. 
and it's unfading. We're getting into heaven. The inheritance is imperishable, it's undefiled, and it's unfading. Let me just speak to that for a moment. As a child of God, you have an inheritance, and number one, it's imperishable. Imperishable. How many of you know that everything you receive here on earth is perishable? <laughs> it is, right? It's, it's, it's defiled, and it will defade. Any inheritance you receive here on earth will get sold, spent, used up, can't take it with you when you die. It's kind of like the game Monopoly. You ever play Monopoly? Sometime that game, sometimes that game can stretch for weeks. Um, but it does end, right? No matter how much uh, you, you make, no matter how much property you purchase, no matter how many boardwalks you buy up, no matter how many times you pass go or do not pass go or go to jail, get out of jail, the game ends. And when the game ends, how much is that Monopoly money worth? In fact, I would challenge you this week, go out to lunch and try to pay for your lunch with Monopoly money. <laughs> See what happens. Somebody will come back and be like, yeah, that's really funny. You're like, what's funny? I've, I've given you $75. Listen, I'll throw in the boardwalk as well. If you, yeah. Why? The game's over, son. That money ain't worth nothing. But guess what? One day, one day, your money will perish. One day, your game will be over. One day, the lid will be closed on your life. And all the inheritance that this world has given to you, all the money that you have earned, all the success that you have amassed will be worth nothing. Nothing. Classic pastor preaching, right? You're like, well, I can invest in it. I can leave it for people. Yes, you can. You can leave it for people, and it will affect their lives, but it has no bearing on your eternity because everything in this world will fade. Every dollar will, will perish, but the, but the inheritance that God says awaits us in heaven as heirs to the throne of God is an inheritance that will not perish. Next, Peter says, it's undefiled. How many of you know that Anything you get on this earth is also defiled. Sin is involved with all the stuff we get here. You ever really notice this? You ever notice this, uh, this idea that nothing on this earth really truly satisfies you? Maybe you're at a stage in life where you haven't realized that. I remember back in um, seventh grade. Can you go back to seventh grade with me for a second? I remember thinking, man, when I get to high school, Man, when I get to high school, I got to high school. Man, when I'm a senior, then I was a senior. Man, when I go to college, it's gonna. Then I went to college. Man, when I graduate, then I graduated. Man, when I marry Vanessa, then I married Vanessa, which was the greatest thing ever. Let's just pause and stop there, okay? Man, when I have kids, then I have kids. You know, at every single stage of life, I thought the next stage was going to make me feel satisfied. Go through stuff. I remember being little. Man, Teddy Ruxpin. Then I got a Teddy Ruxpin. Man, when I get a bike, then I got a bike. Man, when I get a car, then I got a car. Man, when I get a house, then I got a house. Man, when I get... And I'm really figuring something out. Nothing I get really satisfies me. And you say, well, that's because you're a brat. Maybe so. Maybe I've got really high expectations. 
Maybe I think too highly of myself, but I'm guessing that no matter what this world could give me, it would never truly satisfy me. Do you know why? Because anything this world could give me is defiled. Anything that this world could give me is broken. My fulfillment should never be determined by a broken world. My fulfillment can only come from a purpose-filled God who says, you're my son. Your inheritance isn't found on this side of eternity. It's found on that side of eternity. Invest in that side of eternity. Don't let this world define you. Because when you let this world define you, you're leaning into letting this world control you. We're supposed to be controlled by the Spirit. Are you with me? We're not supposed to be controlled by this, this world. And so Peter says it's, it's undefiled. Next he says that our inheritance on earth will fade, but our inheritance in heaven will not. It's unfading. Anything you acquire on this earth will fade. Everything we get fades, except in one place, heaven. Our inheritance awaits us in heaven. You're like, this is amazing. Okay, so what is this inheritance? What, this is, it's, it's, it's unfading, it's, it's undefiled, it's, it's, it's imperishable, it's, it's in heaven awaiting us. Okay, Travis, what is this amazing thing that, that we're going to have? I, you ready for it? I don't know. Scripture is very vague. But you know why it's very vague? It's very vague because scripture also tells us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart could even imagine the glories of the inheritance that awaits us in heaven. You know why scripture most likely, as far as theologians tell us, do you know why scripture doesn't, doesn't exactly describe the inheritance that awaits us? Because we can't even understand it. Because we can't even imagine it. Because our hearts can't imagine, because our, our ears have never heard anything so great. Our eyes have never seen anything so amazing. That is the inheritance that awaits each and every one of you who follow Jesus Christ. And listen, it's not an inheritance. I'm going to speak to you this morning. It's not an inheritance that's based on what, you, what you've done or, or, or anything like that or what you haven't done. It's an inheritance based on your father. Your father is a good father who loves you, who's leaving an inheritance for you. My position, my inheritance. My position, my inheritance. My position, my inheritance. I mentioned earlier that some of us got to get an attitude about who we are. And you should. Because let me just say, some of you, you have come in here broken and you have no reason to be broken. Like, you don't know my situation. I don't have to. I know your position, and I know your inheritance. And when you know your position, and you know your inheritance, you can rise up above this world. Because as Paul says, what could this world do to me? You're going to take my life? You're going to keep me alive? You're going to keep me in jail? I'm just passing through. This world is not my home. That sounds like an old hymn, doesn't it? Uh, a, a couple months ago, my wife and I... We, we pawned off our kids and, um, not literally, <laughs> um, but to, to her family. And we went and stayed, we were going somewhere and we stayed overnight. And I, I had grossly misjudged the quality of the hotel that we were staying at. It looked great online. And we got there and it looked like someone was gonna kill us as we slept. And uh, my wife was like, what are you doing, Travis? Like, where have you brought me? I was like, it's okay, we're living on love. I mean, it's just, you know, try to do whatever. 
So we got in, we opened the door, and literally, it's just, it's just a murder scene. It's terrifying. <laughs> the drapes, the bed, it was awful. Um, now, let me say this. It was okay. You know why? Because we left the next day. We didn't stay there. And I, 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 I definitely didn't look in the mirror and look around the room and judge my value on my current surroundings. I didn't walk through that room and say, this is such a nasty lamp. Man, I'm a horrible person. I didn't look and say, I'm terrified to lift up these sheets and see what's under there. Man, I'm worth nothing. You see the ridiculousness in that? And yet this is what we do in our lives. How many of you know you are just passing through this life? Why would you draw value? Why would you draw worth? Why would you draw who you are from what you're walking through right now? Your value is not found in here, it's found over there. Your value is found in the fact that God has called you his own, he's adopted you, made you his son, made you his daughter, and an inheritance wait, waits for you on that side. Don't judge yourself based on here, judge yourself based on who God says that you are. I, I love that. Ephesians 1 says this. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. And you say, well, I don't think that I'm good enough. I don't think that I'm good enough to receive an inheritance. I don't think I'm good enough. That sounds like that's a super Christian. Let me, see, let me, let me just say this. Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Do you? Scripture says that when we accept Christ at that moment, and we're taking the next month, all of October to talk about the Holy Spirit, because I know that there's some confusion about who he is and what he does and how he works and when we have him and if we don't and what happens with him. We're taking an entire month to talk about it, but I can suffice to say this, like when you accept Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, breathing in you, working in you, comforting you, leading you, illuminating scripture inside of you. You are promised, Jesus promises the release of the helper when he leaves, that's the Holy Spirit, amen? And so if you have the Holy Spirit, which means you have Christ, if you accepted Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, which means you also have the guarantee of the inheritance. So what is the evidence that you are a son of God? It's the Holy Spirit. Have you accepted Christ? Do you know Jesus? Then guess what? The Holy Spirit lives in you and you are guaranteed the inheritance and the favor of God in your life. Amen? That's a good thing. We're scared to say, uh, yeah. amen. And this is why you gotta start saying, my position, my inheritance, my position, my inheritance. You need to walk in that. You need to walk in that. You need to have a little bit of a, an attitude about that. I want to show you one more thing. Ephesians 1.18 says this. This is good. Verse 18. Having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which God has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Through the first portion of Ephesians, through the first portion of Romans 8, and what we're just reading about, 
Scripture is talking about our inheritance. Then all of a sudden, Ephesians stops, switches gears, and stops talking about our inheritance and starts talking about whose inheritance? God's. Do you know God has an inheritance? Listen to what he says. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Do you know what God's inheritance is? God has everything in heaven. Everything. He already has the imperishable. God already has the undefiled and unfading glory of heaven. God has the Trinity. He has himself, the Son, the Holy Spirit. God has everything, (laughs) every single thing, except the one thing he desires the most, you. You are the inheritance of God. Think about that. How much value do you have to an eternal being? Incredible value. He calls you his inheritance. In essence, God looks through heaven and says, I've got angels, I've got the stars, I've got the galaxy, I've got the mysteries, I've got all these things, but there's one thing that I don't have. You. I'm going to give up everything to get that. And God becomes man and is born as a man into this world grows as a man would grow, lives, eats, breathes as a man would breathe, goes to a cross and dies because you are his inheritance. And that's what it took to get his inheritance home. Now, if that were the end of the story, it would be a sad story. A God dying But that's where our God is pretty amazing because he didn't stay dead. God died for you. And then he rose again from the grave to claim your salvation and forgiveness for you. Are you with me? That's a good thing. Why did God do that? Why did Jesus suffer and die for you? It's because he wants you. It's because he wants to claim you as his inheritance. Because Jesus looks around, I've got the angels, I've got this, I've got everything in heaven, but I don't have her. I don't have him. i got to do something about that. Listen to me, person. Listen to me, father. Listen to me, mother. Listen to me, student. Listen to me, teenager. Whatever stage of life. Let that inform your self-worth. Let that inform your identity. When you look at yourself and you say, I don't like who I am. Understand that God loves who you are. He loves you. He wants you. He desires you. And that should matter more than anything else in this world. Even when you don't love yourself, God still loves you because you are his inheritance. Here's what's tough about that. When we forget our position we forget our inheritance. But when we forget who we are, who we're called to be in our position, um, we begin to buy into the identity that the world and the people around us want to put on us. And we start walking in that, right? 
And so for some of us, we feel broken. And, it, and, it's, and it's because we've gained our identity from brokenness. Some of you who have even come to Christ, you feel broken. And you're like, there was a time when I, when I submitted my life to Jesus. But, but listen, I would say this. Yeah, but over time, you forgot your position. You forgot who your father was. I'm reminded of this story that Jesus tells in the scriptures. It's called a parable. And it's a parable about a son who says to his rich father, I want my inheritance now. His father says, all right. And he gives his son this inheritance. And, and his son goes and he spends it. He says he has a great time. He spends it all. And then finds himself broke. He doesn't have any money, can't even buy food, so he goes to work for a pig farmer. Now, as a Jew, that's a pretty bad deal. And, he's, and he finds himself eating the pig's food. And he looks around and he says, man, even my father's servants have it better than I have it. Maybe, maybe I could go back home. And I, I know that my father would never accept me as his son again. Maybe I could just work as a servant. Maybe I could be a slave to my father. And so he returns. And the picture that Jesus paints is of this young man walking this road back to the home. And he sees the home afar off. But guess what? His father sees his son from a great distance. And at this point in time, it, it would have made sense in the culture of Jesus that they would have been expecting um, this father to, to wait for his son and to beg forgiveness and then for the father to give him a very difficult time and say, you have squandered your inheritance. You've squandered what I've given to you. But that's not what happens. Instead, this father runs to meet his son. You know this story? Come on. He runs to meet his son and what does he do? He wraps his arms around him. He places a robe on his back. He puts a ring on his finger and he kisses him. And he says, hey, everybody, let's have a party because my son has returned. What I want you to know today is no matter what you've run to, no matter what you've spent, no matter the brokenness that surrounded you, guess what? God, your father is waiting for you to return to him. Your position has not changed. If you have come to Jesus, you've been adopted. And those are, there are those of you this morning that know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you're an addict. And you think that God has forgotten about you, that God doesn't want you anymore based on your decisions. Come home. There are those of you this morning who know Jesus Christ, but you have, you have found your identity in the bed of a man or a woman. And you think not even God could want me more, could, could want me anymore. And God says, come home. There are those of you who have been to church your entire life. You know, all the religious rituals and But you say, you don't know what I struggle with. You don't know the secrets of my life. I've been addicted to pornography for years. I've been addicted to, to this for years. I've been looking at this. I've been here. And, 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 and God's saying, listen, come home. I'm standing here. 
Let's see, that picture of the father and the prodigal son is a picture of God waiting. God is not going to run and chastise you. He's going to run and embrace you. Thank you for listening to this message from our series, God is for us at Covenant Church. We hope you are impacted by the message today. If you'd like to invest in what God is doing here in this ministry, feel free to give online at covenantchurch.us forward slash give.